Hello and welcome to episode 1003 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It is Friday, January 21st. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, dear sir. I love that jersey. I know. It's beautiful, right? Little and Cedric Mullins. People can be checking it out right now, too. Yeah. We're streaming live just for everybody. We're going to be doing it for Patreons going forward, but a couple of, uh, you know, first one free type of deal. Mm-hmm. We're just going the drug dealer route. Right now. Yeah, yeah, okay, we got to so. get people hooked on the product first. <laughs> the tried and true method of crack dealers. We're going with it. When, yeah. if, if there's anything I say, it's follow the methods of crack dealers. Absolutely. You got to hook them for free and hook them while they're young. So make sure you're playing this around your children. Really dark how accurate uh, that is. And I, I, I don't mean to be so dark off rip there because, yeah, obviously drugs are bad. I'm good. But uh, we got some baseball to talk about on this very cold day uh, austin's been freezing this week it's 28 right now it's actually warmer where you are uh, by a decent bit you said it's like 45 which mm-hmm. is just crazy i i hate cold weather most of y'all know that anybody who's been listening for any amount of time knows i just despise cold weather ah, sorry i had the youtube open there i'm an idiot I just I didn't know the link was going to be going. I'm sorry. I'm, a, I'm an amateur. I can't take that out. We're I'm, live. Don't take it out. Leave it. I'm an yeah, amateur I'm, here. I'm going to. Uh, but here, what we're talking about today, I fi- I found a good topic for us. You know, you do your great ADP market watch uh, segment or uh, articles, highlighting guys that are moving up and down at each position. You've been going through the positions regularly. I think you've done each position twice at least, maybe even three times on some of them. I wanted to step back, take even a bigger look at that because you're going week to week. So you're getting the minute up to the minute moves. I wanted to see some of the bigger sweeping moves. So what I did was take ADP from October through December as one chunk versus the January ADP so far. Turns out that those samples were kind of very well matched up. October through uh, December, 43 drafts. So far here in January, 47. So we're dealing with pretty pretty similar samples. That makes things better. Um, obviously, we have a lot of news. Now, this is not just the five biggest movers up and the five biggest movers down. This is me going through and picking five interesting guys on each side because some of them are very obvious, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think we know why Diego Castillo's gone down. People don't think he's going to close anymore. Obviously, Buster Posey, duh, he retired. You know, So uh, we have some obvious ones that I don't think we need to cover. We've talked Andrew Heaney to death. He signed with the Dodgers. We know why he's fourth on the list of biggest movers up. Same with Alex Cobb, to be honest, too. We've talked about him going to San Francisco um, is a big deal. Or staying with San Francisco, I should say, is is a big deal. So he's moved up. So I've been kind of hand-choosing. We are going to start with the guys moving up. And the first guy is also an obvious one, but I want to get a little bit more concrete on how we feel about Corey Knievel. He's obviously moving up because it is widely believed that he's going to be Philadelphia's closer. He's up 207 picks, 201.87 ADP. Look what happens when you get a job. You made him the number one pick in the restart of our draft uh, from Arizona, which we, we which we do in mid-October and then resume in early January. And so obviously a lot of news happens there. And you found, you found a guy with a you know wide-open closer's job. You obviously believe in it enough to take him as the 24th pick but how do you feel about Knable overall do you believe that this is firmly his job um obviously in the 24th round it's a slam dunk but are you going to be taking him at this new adp around 187 let's talk Corey Knievel, justin how do you feel mm, 
I mean, as things are currently constructed in Philadelphia, and if we believe what their GM has said, that they're not going to be in the market for any more free agent closers after the signing, you would think he's got to be pretty locked in. I tend not to believe them because the rest of that bullpen's kind of a mess. And I feel like oh, they... I, I do believe... I, well, here's the thing. If they do get bullpen, it's not going to be better than Knievel, in my opinion. I think they are like the perfect landing spot for Kimbrell. And so maybe they, they don't trade get a assets agent. for that, though, too, and we don't know what that costs. Yeah, that's true. But maybe they figure out a deal of some sort uh, to improve both teams. Uh, I mean, that's fair. That, that They would be a decent fit, and obviously that would tank one CK's value and skyrocket another CK's value yeah. uh, there. And Kimbrell was actually a big dropper, which actually kind of surprised me because I thought, uh, and I didn't include him on our on our drops list, but I thought people were pretty dead set the way you and I are that he's going to get traded. I think you and I are. I think are, for the most part they are, but I think the longer and longer that goes without happening, obviously with the you know, sure. lockout, the lockout yeah. you know, that can't happen, but uh, I think the longer and longer that goes without happening, the more and more nervous people get, right? The closer we get to opening day without him having a concrete closing job, the more people are going to freak out, uh, which is understandable. I think it's way too early to start freaking out. Um, I think it's silly. Uh, I think he represents uh, a pretty nice, uh, you know, bargain or value. Kimbrel, right you're now. saying now. Yeah, Kimbrel. Yeah, Kimbrel. Knievel, I'm, I don't know that I'm going to pay the new ADP. I just... You know, this in this draft that you're referencing, like you said, we, we you know, drafted the first 20 rounds in October, fit, started up now, and he was clear in a way the like the most locked in closer. Yeah. Uh, and I only had one closer on my team. Actually, I, I took Lucas Sims. Right I took Lucas Sims two picks after you. I, I told you on the last mm -hmm. pod, I think, that I wanted Knievel. He was my number one. Actually, O'Neill Cruz was my number two, and you and Curlin took those guys one, two. So I went with Sims, who I think has a pretty decent uh, shot at getting the Cincinnati role. What's interesting to me is that Kimbrell's ADP is higher right now at 162. Between those two, do you, do you prefer the Kimbrell spec? Are, are you, I do. You know, is this an NLDH situation? You're that dead set that he's going to get moved? Yeah, I mean, it feels pretty likely. I mean, they're, they're paying him a lot of money. Uh, and if he stays there to stay in a role that he was not super successful in once he was traded to Chicago, uh, they also brought in Graveman to set up. Yeah. Um, they've got Aaron Bummer. Unless they want an elite bullpen, which they have right now. I mean, they already do. Yeah. Yeah. Even like, without Kimbrell. Um, like, I, I mean, they could keep him. I don't know. I, it just doesn't feel like that's what is going to happen. I think they're looking for a way to maybe improve their second base position uh, or what if they had uh, Nick Madrigal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally who they traded for. I, I, I didn't but, mind I mean, that here, trade. Like here's, you know, something, you know, do they offer, you know, Kimberl for, you know, to Philadelphia for someone like Alec Baum that can move Moncada back to second, you know, take a shot on an Alec Baum. Boy, yeah. that'd be a, that'd be a hot buy low. I'd actually love that for the for the White Sox. I would hate that for the Phillies. I would. You too. give up on Bone for a thirty three year old reliever. I, I doubt they'd be willing necessarily to do it, um, unless they really felt like you know they uh, you know had you know they really needed Kimbrel. But you know, I mean, there there's going to be opportunities. You know, there teams are always looking to improve their bullpen. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a shortage of shooters for a guy like Kimbrel, who's a proven closer. 
I wonder if the Kimbrel move has to happen after Kenley signs. You know, he's he's the domino that falls, and then whoever didn't get him has to start calling the White Sox for Kimbrel. I don't know. We'll see. I um, I don't know because I mean the the nice thing about Kimbrel is yes, it's expensive, but it's only one year. Yeah, and but he's not going to be that much. Like I, I think. Henley will still cost more and multiple years, like you said. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 16 mil for Kimbrel. There are going to be a pitch- lot of teams that won't want to pay the three-year or four-year deal yeah. on Jansen that are, are more than happy to say, hey, I mean, look, I mean, the A's, one of the cheapest teams in the history of baseball, you know, shelled out $16 million on uh, Trevor Rosenthal. And they're like, never again. This is why we don't do that. But, like, even if a team like the A's can do that on a one-year deal, yeah. anybody well, can. Well, every team can. That, I mean, no obviously. team's actually poor. But they're if, all if they, if they will do it, that yeah. means every team will do it, you know, if they feel like they're in contention. So, uh, I mean, I think it's a, a foregone conclusion Kimbrel's traded at some Jensen and Kimbrel both 34 years old, too, so no age consideration between one or the other, both righties, so we'll see. Anyway, we started this with Knievel. 187 is where he's moved up to. He's going – the next closer uh, that's going right by him is Scott Barlow. Corey Knievel mm-hmm. or Scott Barlow? Knievel? Yeah. I think – I don't like Scott, Scott Barlow I'm actually – I'm, I'm more firm on, on Kniebel than you are. Yeah, I, I know. I hear you on on something like a Kimbrel deal. And, you know, I guess, I you know, th- despite what they said, if they then turn around and sign Kenley Jansen, I, I still wouldn't have my jaw hit the floor. I'd be like, yeah, well, mm-hmm. they lied and said that they weren't doing anything so that they could sneak in and, and get Jansen or something. So it's not set in stone, but I think it's a pretty fair price. I'm going to get some shares of Knievel. Now, his min pick's 97. No shot. No universe. No chance. Why would you do that? That's a bad pick. There, there is something that's taken. There, there is such thing as going too far on the get your guys strategy and taking Corey Knievel inside the top 100 is exactly that. Another guy right by him right now in the current ADP, in the January only ADP, is our next guy up. That's Marcelo Zuna, who's up 104 picks to a 196 ADP. And listen, I know it's unsavory. To, to want to talk about him because, uh, you know, with the domestic abuse stuff, I grant that. But he's going to play next year, and, and we can't just pretend that he doesn't exist as a player. If you choose to not roster any guys like that, I don't blame you. That is fine. At the end of the day, we're trying to have fun and enjoy this game, and if you don't like having anybody of ill repute on your team, that's fine. Other people are like they're number-generating, you know, uh, uh random randoms they don't matter to me as far as what their morality is so you can make that decision the bottom line is that the way everything's shaping up it looks like ozuna's gonna play this year and so that's why he's up 104 picks to a 196 adp justin i know that you're somebody who said i'm gonna take players that i think can help me win it doesn't mean i support what they do and that's another thing too if somebody takes a scumbag i think we have to stop pretending that that means that they endorse what those people do yeah absolutely i mean i i, I do not insane. endorse. i do not endorse uh you know anybody who lays hand on anyone yeah uh, much less a spouse so yeah and uh, like i said i i don't mind if you prefer to never draft those folks because mm-hmm. that way you're never rooting for anybody like that but don't go the opposite way and be like you drafted abuser you must love abuse like that yeah. come on I, I think we're uh, bigger adults than that to understand so as far as ozuna goes are you paying this price up at 196? Like, you know, if, if you look, his 20, 2021 was off to a brutal start, 
but it was 208 plate appearances, so it could have turned around, right? It went the opposite of where his 2020 was, just to further underline how useless the two-month season was. Ozuna was like MVP caliber for those two months, and then one of the worst players in the league for 2021. Neither is indicative of really, really where he is. So what do we do going forward with Ozuna? I mean, that's the real question, right? Because, I mean, he's is he a of- mix of the two? That's a 132 OP- WRC yeah. plus. And that's still pretty darn good. So, and, we- and a value. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was a top 50, top 75 pick, you know, coming into last year. So, yeah, coming off that 2020, people were hot on Ozuna because it was such a good 60 game mm-hmm. sample. So, uh, you know, I mean, he's probably, he's a value where he's going. The question is, like, we had we don't like we assume the Braves are just going to throw him back in the lineup. But what if the Braves say we don't want to be associated with you as this kind of play? You know, considering what you've done off the field. Um, so I mean, I think there is some risk to him that isn't field related, right? You know, sure. that the Braves could say, "Listen, yeah, we're paying you, but you're not going to play in the same way that the Texans, you know, with Deshaun Watson said." We're paying you, but you're not going to play uh, for us. So uh, I haven't taken Ozuna any drafts. Um, I've, I've been tempted because there are definitely times in which, you know, that 196 ADP is, you know, you're at pick 230 something and you're like, ooh, you know, there's a lot of upside there. Um, but I haven't been able to pull the trigger as of yet. Uh, not necessarily a morality thing, but not necessarily. Uh, you know, with the lack of speed, we don't know what the batting average is going to look like. Has he lost a step, missing so much time? Is he going to be rusty and kind of start yeah. slow? Uh, there's a, a year there's, off for him. Yeah, there's a lot of questions uh, with Osuna that haven't made me feel overly excited to take a shot. He's got uh, Jorge Soler going just two outfielders in front of him. They're pretty interesting comps because of what they do kind of that all power sort of outfielder in fact Soler went and did a good Marcelo Zuna imitation on the field last year as a big pickup for the for the Braves that we know was also Mm -hmm. instrumental in the playoffs Um, Andrew Benintendi uh, the outfielder going right after him is actually the next guy we're going to talk about Enrique Hernandez who's also up Uh, Saya Suzuki who we've discussed Austin Hayes he's going in a group of, of comparables there um d- does he belong with that group did you agree that he belongs with that group there or does ozuna stand out one way or the other with with his peers at, at the new adp i think because of the questions in terms of like what atlanta will do with him um and, and the rust you know that he hasn't played very much in the last pretty much two years right because he only got a 60 game or played like yeah. 54 games all, like the combination games the last two years combined yeah. so i mean uh, I think he belongs in that tier because of that. If we knew he was Ozuna of old, healthy, you know, um, ready to go, in shape, uh, then he would be a cut above a lot of those guys, uh, with a few exceptions. You know, I feel like Seiya Suzuki, once we know he's signed, he oh, yeah, like, wipes jumping. away his question mark. He's going to jump up huge. Um, 50 points. After yeah. He, he gets signed, I bet. So, I mean, if we see Ozuna just crushing balls in spring, in spring training, whenever that's going to be, then I think he's going to jump up quite a bit deservedly so. 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely one of those. And we've talked about that a lot with respect to pitchers who are returning from injury. Mm-hmm. People see them. It's going to naturally start moving guys up. Anybody that hasn't really been seen for whatever reason, injury or being a piece of garbage, um, once they're back, people are seeing them perform. Those that are interested in just taking whomever will want to take Ozuna. I mentioned that Enrique Hernandez was next on the list. He's up 31 spots, so about two rounds to a 209 ADP. I guess I'm just wondering, like, why why is he randomly moving up to like a two round move is kind of substantial. Is there anything in particular, or people maybe just maybe his ADP was just too low previously uh, down at uh, at 240? Well, what what's up with uh, Mar- uh, not Marcel with Enrique Hernandez moving up two rounds, and is he somebody you like? for uh for 2022 still in boston i gotta wonder if it's the playoff performance where he hit 408 with five home runs um maybe influencing people a little bit it's the last well no because no the first sample would would have stopped in december so it wouldn't have had all the playoff impact the second sample in 209 is just january I really, because I don't really understand why he's moving. So <laughs> I don't know. Like, like it's pretty. Like again, this is not a direct order of the guys who are moving, like one to whatever. But he is literally the tenth biggest mover, which really yeah. within the top three hundred. By the way, I didn't, I didn't go beyond the top three hundred on some guy who's moving from like four hundred to six hundred type of deal. I mean, he's fine, but he lost second base eligibility in most formats. He only played eight no. games. Oh, wait, oh, sorry. It's shortstop. He lost shortstop eligibility. Yeah, he's, in most he's second outfield yeah, for us, so, Enrique Hernandez yeah, in NFBC. Yeah, sorry about that. So he lost shortstop eligibility, so no longer triple eligible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the thing about Hernandez had always been like, oh, if they if he could just get full time playing time, if he could just get full time playing time, you know, and he got full time playing time. Like he, he, had, he was pretty good. He was good. He was fine. Yeah, but like nothing special. Like it's that's true, you know, 250, 337, 449 for a slash line, 19% K, 10% walks so of solid plate skills, 20 homers, 60 ribs, 84 runs, and and you know, through through a steal your way as well. Um, fine, but kind of bland. I think eligibility yeah. is generally his calling card. It's down to dual eligible, but it is infield outfield, which we which we really like it's when it's field. when it's a dual eligible like that. I think it's fine. I'm surprised he moved up two rounds kind of randomly, as far as I'm concerned. But I think it's fine, and he's a he's a worthy option to me around that time. He's not somebody that I have like starred on my list. But if Enrique Hernandez is a fit in that two hundred something range in that early two hundreds, I can see myself rostering him. But I do not go crazy to try to get Enrique Hernandez. I, I think what it is like it is a high floor play because I mean a lot of the guys he's going around. I'm assuming are guys who are high risk high reward right well the same guys we just talked about right yeah uh, so, ozuna's literally right above him in, in the january adp ben so attendee high, high, high upside saya suzuki you know, high you know, upside upside low floor whereas you know hernandez is kind of the opposite like he's not gonna put up like a 30 home run season or like a 2010 even 2010 season anything like that um, but no, he does not like, you can pretty much pencil in high teens, low twenties, home runs, a decent average multi-eligibility, you know, probably decent, you know, runs and RBIs considering the Boston lineup still pretty good. So, uh, I mean, it's probably people are going, listen, I got some risk on my roster already. Um, uh, I need a little bit of safety and I need flexibility and Enrique Hernandez fits that bill. Yeah. I, w- I wonder if it's just that as January, uh, you know, as we turn the calendar to January, 
more people come in who are like drafting these draft and holds and they put a lot of value on stability and production and he's playing like uh, Enrique Hernandez is playing every day somewhere in Boston. Um, and he led off 118 games last year too. So he's batting at the top of a solid lineup. Maybe he just never should have been at 240 to start as an ADP. And this is just getting him to where he belongs. It's not necessarily an endorsement of like, oh, he's so sick, but more of like, why was he this low? Early 200s makes more sense than the mid 200s. And I can buy that. He's fine. Um, another one that surprised me, because I don't know if there's like news tied to it. And if there is, I missed it. But Mitch Garver is also up about two rounds, 29 picks to ADP 193. I got to say, I'm a little bit annoyed by this one just because I like Garver and I've been feeling like he's a pretty good value. I think even at 193 ADP, it's not cost prohibitive, uh, but I was liking it quite a bit more when he was into the early 200s. Mitch Garver moving up two rounds. How, how does he suit you over there at catcher? Uh, you know, really lining up as, as as a late C1 if you haven't gotten anybody yet or an awesome C2 if, if you want to stock up at catching. Like if you got a Will Smith early and then you went Garver, that would be your two catchers within the top 200 picks. Most For most people, I think Garver will be a C1 now that he's the 10th catcher off the board. Is he somebody that interests you for 2022? Yeah, I, I've got him ranked as my number 14 catcher off the board. Uh, I think that uh, part of the movement might be the idea that with Nelson Cruz gone, he could find some more time at DH, which yeah. uh, would obviously give him more plate appearances and pump up his value quite a bit. Uh, I think that is probably fair. I know they want to play Kirilov a lot there, but you know they'll also use Kirilov out in the outfield uh, or at first base times. They can also use Garver at first base. I was so, going to say, Garver um, plays some first mm -hmm. too, right? So that's also another avenue to kind yeah. of – like clearing up that DH though, even if it's not directly DH time going to Garver, I think your point about Cruz being gone uh, is a trickle impact for, for Garver, whether he goes to first more often or in that DH spot, it does open up things to, to help him improve his playing time. And he, he got back on track last year. I think it's kind of hidden. I don't, I don't hear enough chatter about it that, uh, you know, it wasn't the 31 homers in 93 games that he did back in 2019, but he was dreadful in the short season. He only played half of it. Not even he played 23 games, 81 played appearances, just a complete washout. 511 OPS Garver was off off the board for consideration for a lot of folks he really sank in cost last year and bounced back with a 13 homer 256 average combo in 243 plate appearances just a brilliant c2 for folks and uh he's he's ascended back into that c1 territory and like i said i'm on board and i'm on board with the new cost too i i would rather not pay the higher price obviously but i don't think it's uh i don't think it's out of pocket to pay pick 193 for mitch garver right now no, I think that's totally fair. It's a price I'm uh, willing to pay, especially if I haven't gotten an early catcher. I don't typically play in the kind of the middle tiers of catchers. I usually either I'm either getting uh, an elite one or I'm trying to find a, a huge bargain. I still think Garver's somewhat of a bargain, so I think he falls into that. But uh, I I don't know how many times I'm going to end up with him this year. Where do you have Adley ranked? Adley Rushman. I have Adley Rushman ranked eleventh. He's the ninth catcher off the board. I just feel like, man, I, I know. I know he's supposed to be like the unicorn type, you know, the more of the Buster Posey, uh, Joe Maurer type. But 
I feel like we just don't learn with these prospect catchers. I, I no shot. I'm not. I'm not going to have Adley Rutschman anywhere this year, um, unless I'm in a room where everyone feels similarly to me, and he just drops. But at this ADP of 178, no chance. I'm, no chance. I'm definitely interested. Um, the hard part is, as much as I'd like to get him in a draft, um, we're for me at least. Uh, I'm coming up at the end of the times in which I take him because I don't think I would take him in a traditional NFBC league with only seven, you know, bench spots. And I've got to hold a third catcher on my roster for three weeks. No, however long he's going to be in the minors. Um, I think that would be really difficult for me to do. So like, I, I only have like three more DCs I'm going to do before I start doing my fab drafts. Uh, and so I'm running out of time. I'd like to get him on a team. Maybe it'll be Tau Ors. Maybe it'll be one of these DCs. Uh, but so uh, I'm very intrigued by the upside, right? Like, especially because, you know, that back half of the catcher pool is so atrocious uh, that, you know, I might as well, if, if I'm going to draft a potentially atrocious catcher, it might as be well be someone with the upside of Adley Rushman. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear you. I hear you, but man, I draft and hold. I'm probably going to do a couple more draft and holds than the ones that we already have. I might get one there maybe, but I don't know, man. I, I just don't, I just don't know that the upside, I just got, I think I gotta be, I gotta stick to my guns on, Prospect catchers. I'm usually very anti-prospect catchers. I never draft uh, prospect catchers in uh, in Dynasty. Um, Yeah, no, no shot. Rushman just feels like he has a real opportunity to kind of just be the outlier there. If you're not willing to take a shot on an outlier, that's fine. Like, don't. Like, you know. Yeah. um, I mean, I I will say this. He's one of those guys that I might not have on any roster, but I'll be rooting for heavily. I just, he's a fun player to watch. Switch hitting, do it all catcher on a team that, that, you know, needs to kind of boost up. It'll be easy to root for him, even if he's not on my team, unless it's the team chasing me. Uh, You know, when I'm in first and they're in second, then I'll have to root against him. We'll see. We'll see how it goes though. One of our Discord members, Henry Wilson, in the chat saying, I love Adley and I want him to be amazing, but I will not pay that price. Totally Bingo. get it. That I totally perfectly get it. encapsulates yeah, where I stand with Adley. Uh, let's stay on the prospect train here. I, I like how we've taken some of these combos on to different players there with the uh, Corey Knievel one going to Craig Kimbrell and the Mitch Garver one going to Adley Rutschman. I wonder if the Josh Young one will stay with him or move elsewhere. We have mentioned him uh, here and there, but I don't know that we've zeroed in on him yet so i wanted to highlight him he's up nearly two rounds plus 26 picks to 263 i think this is one that's going to keep going and any sort of quality spring boom it's going to skyrocket because josh young um you know is on the cusp and yes texas uh did just make two big moves to to solidify their their middle infield what could go well with that how about a third baseman to help him out, Josh Young pairing up with with Seager and Simeon. Well, where are you going to put IKF? I don't know. The bench? Who gives a damn? Yeah, like, what, super, what do you mean? Where are you going to put yeah. IKF? He'll, he'll play it, for Corey Seager when Corey Seager's hurt. Oh, my God. How dare you? You, you just walked a, right into that. Found a way to take a shot at Corey Seager. That's unbelievable. He can catch. Let him catch yeah. and then get catcher eligibility again. That's the only way he has fantasy value. But, no, I don't think he blocks off Josh Top Young. five catcher. Uh, what's that? That's a top five catcher. 
at Yahoo. I'm sure he was because of those steals, <laughs> even though he was a dreadful hitter. Anyway, Josh Young, don't want to derail. Um, great two-level season at double and triple A. Really handled both with a plum. Uh, the move did not bother him at all. Went from double A where he had a nice 140 WRC plus and said, oh, I can do even better here. How about a 166 WRC plus? And that was in 186 in double A and 156 at AAA plate appearances, respectively. That was a mangled sentence there, but you get the point. Uh, he played about uh, 43 games at one, 35 at the other. He didn't go to the fall league, which I thought would have been an even bigger indicator that he'd be up early because, of you know, we always talk about how that's kind of a finishing school. Probably they were just set on uh, how great his season was, though. They realized, hey, Take some time off because you're going to be playing in the majors early next year. I'd love to see him break camp um, at age 24. I don't even think that's impossible. But if he doesn't, I feel like Josh Young is somebody who's up at, at after that two-week period, that very first run where guys come up. Um, and I think he's ready to go. And, and the market tends to agree there because at 263, you're paying like that's a real price, right? That guys going around there, Gio Urshela, Abraham Toro, uh, Jonathan VR, the aforementioned Alec Bohm. None of those are stars, but those are players that you're expecting to give you something real on the year. So Josh Young's ADP has now put him in a spot where there is real expectation. I believe you share that expectation with Josh Young and you're interested in him. Do you have him anywhere yet? Uh, I do have him already. Um, I don't know how many leagues I have. My, I know I've drafted him at least once. Let's see. Dun, 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 just once. Um, yeah, I, I think he's going to be up very early uh, and hit right out of the gate. I mean, he's he's got uh, good uh, contact abilities, uh, a ton of power. Uh, I think this Rangers team obviously wants to be aggressive. Uh, so... I think it's going to be pretty likely that he's in that first wave of call-ups. I've seen some people who who know prospects better than me um, that have said uh, that they think that he could be, he could break camp with a team. See, I think so too. I don't know that I buy that unless he signs some sort of deal to buy out the arbitration years. Eh, I mean, the way you 24. afford these huge contracts that they doled out to Simeon and doled out to uh, Seager is by having cost-controlled players for as no long doubt. as possible. So I think it's it seems like much more cost-effective, especially because it, it sounds like he's twenty-four. Uh, though you, you 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 keep the guy down for the extra year, um, it, and I'm not saying that they can't use an extra year with him. It's different when they're twenty-two, though, and the fact that he's twenty-four, like. Uh, do you need to work that hard for age thirty-one season? I think it really depends on. Are they deluding themselves into thinking like, hey, we're the upstart team this year. We're this year's Mariners, so we need every at-bat from Josh Young that we can get. Or are they more realistic in understanding that their pitching is nowhere near contention yet yeah. and they've made some big offensive moves and we'll just keep them down for the two weeks? Here's the thing, though. With the guys that are like the first wave, if we believe that, and I, I think we do both agree with that, I don't even think that discussion matters. Who can, Throw that part aside then. Who cares? The two weeks don't matter. I'm more focused on the player. That, that two weeks does not change my mind one way or the other as far as whether or not I would draft it. Yeah. Uh, breaking news. The uh -oh. Fantasy Sports Writers Association is announcing awards right now. So we may – I will let you know if we get nominated for anything. Oh, let's go. That'd be great. I would I would love if this podcast got nominated, for example. Me too. How cool, how cool would that be? Um, I'm scrolling, scrolling. I don't think. Oh, I, I see. I see him. I see him. Mm -hmm. 
Not, nothing Austin, baseball yet, right? Uh, uh, I haven't seen anything baseball. Austin Eckler has been nominated for a fantasy sports for. I see that. Be- best Austin. video short form. Austin Eckler's yeah. a G. He, he uh, streams Chris, too. Fr- friend Chris Meany uh, nominated for uh, best video long form. Very like nice. Him. Like him. Uh, Roto Buzz oh, and Jim Player Bally. notes. Player notes, Patrick Doherty and Jeff Erickson nominated. Mike Doherty, nice. Rotowire as well. Good stuff. Keith Hernandez. Yeah, very nice. So, yeah, I'll keep that open, too, and if we see some things come through. But putting a bow on Josh Young, I think we're both open to paying this price. Uh, for me, at 263, I can afford the two weeks down in the minors there. Um, I, I He strikes me as a guy who looks like he's ready to get a shot relatively soon i'm going to put some faith in, unless we hear news to the contrary i'm gonna put some faith in the rangers that they're gonna have him up relatively early into the year and thus i'm gonna draft him there where's your cutoff though if he keeps moving up where do you where do you start to say oh, okay josh young you need to tap the brakes here uh, are you still taking him at say uh, an adp around 210 where he would come just after josh donaldson and just before jamer candelario That'd be about a 50 spot jump from where we are now. I don't think so. I think okay. that, that that would price him out of where I would be. Yeah. Honestly, he's kind of maxing for me right now. Like this is this is my cutoff. Mm-hmm. Because if he jumps ahead of uh Gio Urshela, Abraham Toro, and Jimer Candelario, I'm taking all three of those guys instead. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to some guys moving down. And again, I'll reiterate this is not just the five biggest droppers these are relevant ones I, i've hand picked i'll give you the but the, the first guy is the biggest one um because i'm curious by this uh 55 spot drop for nikki lopez from 191 to 247 i gotta put sean on the couch here she doesn't want to be in my lap anymore i don't blame her but um where's what's going on here with the uh, nikki lopez situation is it bobby whitlove that's killing him because he had a great year, and I, the the obsession with stolen bases, I was surprised to see Nicky Lopez moving down. I thought he might move, start moving the other way, despite being powered efficient. He went uh, for a 300, 365, 378 season with 22 steals in 23 attempts, and he's a brilliant defender. So even when Witt comes up, Lopez is not coming off the field. I think Witt has a chance to play third uh, while keeping Lopez at short. So why is he down almost four rounds? I think people are a little concerned about the profile in terms of lack of power, lack of RBIs, um, and worried that this is going to be fluky, that he's going to revert back into the player he kind of was. Uh, I would fire back that he makes amazing, like elite zone contact. And like, always has, right? That, that was yeah. not new. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, he always has. Uh, he's very, very fast. Um, yes, he is a negative in terms of power. Uh, you know your or your RBIs and your uh, uh, and your yeah, got nominated. Yeah, baby. Or finalist. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you there. Hacks and Jacks uh, with with Joe Galena and if the Chew fits, circling the bases from NBC Sports Edge. Rates and Barrels featuring Anos Aris. Never heard of him. And. Derek Vinripper? I don't know how to say that. I've never heard of that. Never. (laughs) Yikes. I guess they're just kind of giving out the noms to anybody. And then Pitcher List. I like them. And then the Sleeper and the Bust with us. Mm -hmm. Let's go. That's a a really uh, – shout out to Pitcher List. Hacks and Jacks, I believe, is a pitcher list. That is a Pitcher List one, yes. 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 So So two Pitcher Lists showing up. 
uh, circling the bases from Swartz Edge, our, mm -hmm. bu our buddies Derek and Eno from Rates and Barrels. I believe they won last year, right? I believe so, yeah. And uh, Pitcherless nommed again, too. I think those are both, I think the three of us, Rates and Barrels, Pitcherless, mm -hmm. and Sleeping the Bus, I think those are uh, repeats from last year. So good luck uh, to everybody. And uh, best baseball article, Kenyatta Storin, Blair Williams, and John Legaza, who has been on the podcast. Uh, for those who don't know Kenyatta Storin, like he is the number one uh, historical player in TGFBI. Uh, works at Number Fire. Uh, uh, Blair Williams at Everywhere Blair. Fantastic mm -hmm. writer as well. Uh, you should definitely be following them. Yeah, gr great, great group there. Um, yep. I wish, you know, I wish they would give us a way to read the articles that are being put up. Yeah, I wish like, they would too. The oh, and best baseball on going serious. Uh, Elliot Boss. Uh, Eric Samolski, who has been on the podcast, and Matt Williams has been on the podcast. So congratulations to those guys as well. Another good group there. I got to say, Jeff Jeff Zimmerman, Mining the News, got robbed. Mm -hmm. Best Baseball Writer of the Year, Steve Gardner, Scott Engel, Kenyatta Storin, Eric Cross, and Carlos Marcano. Another excellent group. Yeah. These, these are going to be tough. Anyway, I did interrupt you to highlight us. I'm sorry. Nikki Lopez, you say people might be worried about the powerless profile, think yeah. he's a fluke, but he's an elite contact guy. I actually buy the speed, and I think he's a great representation of how difficult it is to predict speed because he was one for eight or one for seven for his career coming in. And you just said, what do you mean I should expect some steals from him? And, I, and by the way, I'm not saying like I had him down for some steals this year. No, I didn't pay any attention to Nikki Lopez. But his his ability to run didn't just come up this year. He didn't go buy some speed pills. That's mm -hmm. not how speed works as a drug, folks. Um, and all of a sudden he goes 22 for 23. That's impactful. Mm -hmm. Is that enough for you? Like, can you build? Are you building profiles with your team where you're like, I know I need to stock power because I like Nicky Lopez as my MI. Is he somebody who actually interests no. you, or do you just defend him? Uh, uh, generally speaking, because you said you push back on some of the some of the negative yeah, against him, but more I, to highlight his goodness versus drafting him. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not a guy I'm trying to target. Like, I'm not going into a draft where I go, "Hey, I'm gonna wait on speed because I know Nicky Lopez will be available for me later." I, I he's more of a, "Oh my god, I don't have speed. I'm gonna draft Nicky Lopez because he's not gonna hurt me in batting average, or he shouldn't hurt me in batting average." And I'm going to get 20 plus stolen bases, you know, after pick 200 in the draft, which is super hard to do. Like, yeah. it's, it's just really, really hard to do. And I've already done this in a draft where, like, uh, you know, one of my most recent DCs, um, I just took best player available for the first six rounds and found myself uh, really speed deficient by the time, you know, I was kind of in the middle rounds of the draft. And I was like, Nicky Lopez is there. I'm going to take him and I'm going to, you know, add 20 stolen bases to my ledger and hope that the average uh, sustains in the way that I think he can. Yeah. I, I, I think he's somebody that I could land on. Um, if I did find myself desperate for the speed and the fact that he's going down in price, I think it is also not just his profile. I do think the Bobby Witt thing is playing a role, but I'm sorry. I just don't know that we live in a world where somebody puts up a four and a half win season and then gets dusted mm -hmm. for the hot price. And, and Bobby Witt's a god. This is not a Bobby Witt shade at all. If anything, it's a Nicky Lopez hype uh, yeah. comment there to say that he deserves another, you know, season to see where he's at. 
uh, based on how well he played. Because he'd only had like 600 plate appearances before this. It wasn't enough to say that he's worthless. So now we've seen, you know, 600 where he was pretty awful. And then five, 565 this past year where he was a league average hitter with amazing defense and quality speed. I think it can be a, a lot of what 2021 was. I think he regresses a bit in the, like the batting average hits closer to say 280 with no pop. But I think the speed, if he keeps running, why couldn't he get 30 SBs? Um, that uh, amazing defense part is really important too. Like exactly his defense. Yeah, I mean his defense is really really good. Uh, and when you've got a lot of young pitchers in the way the Royals do, you want a guy up the middle who can help protect them a little bit. So. Uh, I, I think he is pretty guaranteed 500 plus plate appearances, maybe even 600. You know, maybe once Bobby Witt is up, he moves down in the lineup. He's not hitting second. I sure. can totally yeah. see that. I, I and, can. I can agree. Yeah. And if you're not a fan of powerless players, I totally understand fading him. But make sure that you get your stolen bases early. This for me is more of a matter of like I don't mind the price, and if I need speed, that's got to be a target. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. I totally agree with the speed obsession out there. I think you got to at least have Nicky Lopez on your list. Make sure that if he is somebody you like, that you are overstocking on power. The average that you need, um, I think, is about per spot of around twenty something home low twenties homers per spot to be in the upper echelon of of home runs. You know, when you do those uh, projections where you say I want to be top three in everything type deal. It's about 20 plus homers per like 22, 23 homers per spot. Mm -hmm. So if you're taking a Nicky Lopez, who at most you should say is going to luck into four, I think that's the highest projection that you could reasonably give. You really should put down one or zero, in my opinion. That puts another big burden on another team on another spot, if not two or three spots, if you're going to spread it out. So make sure your power stocked. If you got to build, you know, uh, if you go, you know, you know who Nicky Lopez is good for? The people in the first round who get like a Vlad. Um, or uh, who else is in the first round that doesn't really run? There's so few guys now. Uh, I guess Harper doesn't run that much. You would be a little speed deficient if you took Harper. I guess that's really it in the first maybe, round. Maybe, but maybe you take a pitcher in or the Soto. first round. And, or pitcher. Yeah, pitcher. Duh. You know, and then you end up with like Jordan. You know, you go pitcher, yeah. Freddie Freeman, Jordan Alvarez. You have zero speed. Like There you go. That's a good call. That build would be perfect even, for Nicky. Like even if you took someone like, Kyle Tucker first round and then took, you know, a pitcher second round and a Yordan in the third or something like that. You're still pretty speed deficient. It may be hard at that point to start, you know, catching up on speed. And like, if, you know, I understand people don't like the Miles straws of the world or the Nicky Lopez of the world, but they're affordable. These aren't like guys being priced like Billy Hamilton was. You can just was... plan. The thing is, they don't want to do the plan. And if you don't, that's fine. We say draft to your strengths. But you can make a plan to take these guys, and it's not that hard. Yeah. It's and not people, that hard to afford. People them, in the chat understand. right now are mentioning that Kansas City is just going to run. They, that's what they do. They run. Exactly. Um, and so, so he should run even more than what we yeah. saw this past year because he does have quality speed. He was very efficient at 22 for 23. So, yeah, we like Nicky Lopez for the right build. Just make sure you know what you're doing because, obviously, you, you don't necessarily go in uh, with your two the, the pick at 2-9. What was, what was his ADP? Uh, two, 246. You don't necessarily have that ADP mapped out that far where you're like, I, I know who I'm taking around pick 240. But if you like players like that, like Straw, like Lopez, you know what you need to do early. Power, 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 power. Because you don't want to fall behind just for 25 stolen bases. Yeah. So that's Nicky Lopez. Back to the closer ranks. 
Ken Giles moving down. He's down 46 picks to 287. This one surprises me, Justin. I thought he'd be going the other way because I feel like I've been seeing some hype that he's going to be the closer. I don't know that I agree with it, but I was surprised to see him going the other way. Is there is there Stecken Rider and Seawald love that's overpowering it or just some uh, uh, Ken Giles uh, hate that's that's maybe going too far? Where, where do you come out on Ken Giles? He's returning from TJ. Uh, he got to recover with Seattle, and there's a camp that believes that he's going to be the guy there's obviously another camp that's pushing back, though, that's saying, no, he won't. So what do you think? Yeah, I think that um, – I think they're going to be – it's going to be really, really frustrating in Seattle to pick who the closer is going to be. I think that they are going to ride the hot hand a lot. I think that they um, are going to play matchups to the best of their ability because that's what the analytics tell them. Uh, and that's, I think, what we saw quite a bit, you know, especially towards the end of last year. Even when they added Diego Castillo, he didn't, like – automatically become the guy wasn't uh, stack closing second rider yeah, mostly closing in august or, i mean uh, september second rider was closing seawall got opportunities castillo's in the mix now you add ken giles into it um and don't sleep on andres munoz coming back too. yeah dude I throws mean, 100 and, without and even they, trying and they just signed him to a really team friendly long-term deal so munoz did mm -hmm, i believe oh, so great so i mean there's a lots of options and I don't think one guy is going to hold it the whole season. Like I, when I did my relief pitcher ranks, which I hate to do, by the way, God, relief pitcher ranks. I need to pause mine. I'm sorry. All the worst. They're uh, finally done, but I agonized through them and I, I oh, just need man. to post them. Pe I'm people sorry. People in the comments, like just like go crazy in ranking articles. Begin with relief pitcher is the worst. Um, but uh, people kept asking me like, Hey, why do you have like three Seattle guys ranked like in your top 40? Because I don't and know. And all right next. Because I don't know. I'm just exactly. throwing a dart. Like, whichever one's still there out of the three is maybe I'll throw a dart on, you know? Yeah, um, take a personal preference. And then, like, in a 50 round draft and hold in the, the F pass one that we're in, I just mm -hmm. took Andres Munoz in like round yeah. 45 because why not? I, I feel like Seawald is the best of You're the You're up, by the bar. way, in that draft. I know. So you know. I do know this. Uh, I feel like Seawald is the best of the bunch, but being the best of the bunch doesn't mean you're going to be the closer. Um, Cause, and yeah, because he, he first off, I think they liked him as the fireman, mm -hmm. and he's got a bit of a home run issue relative to the other guys, like a career one. He's a career mm -hmm. one three. He was at one four last year, and you just don't want that in the ninth. I think right now I favor Steckenrider. Um, I've always had a soft spot for for Diego Castillo too. I don't really know why. I think it's an unearned soft spot. Maybe because he did he did really well for me with Tampa Bay. He was on my teams a lot this year, so maybe that's it. I had a good year, and he was part of it. But um, I, I like him too. It's so hard. Like there was it Steckenrider, Giles, Seawald, Castillo, Munoz. That's five options. I don't think I. I'm either going to take somebody as a as a uh, late round freebie, like I took Munoz. Or I'm not messing with this bullpen. Mm -hmm. I think that's where I'm at. I wonder if this Giles move is other people throwing up their hands. I should have actually looked at all the other guys, too, and seen. Um, I, I can actually tell you this. Diego Castillo was another big move down, too. And I think it's because people are realizing that he's not, uh, you know, ha having any sort of um, certainty for that job either. In fact, I think he's way down the list at this mm -hmm. point. I think, you know, in some ways we have, you know, like, you know, we've called Camden Yards, you know, Coors East, right? Yeah. You know, the Giants have tried to become Tampa I think I know Bay, where you're going with this. Tampa Bay West in terms of like platooning players and things like that. Yeah. This is Cincinnati 
West, right? Okay, I thought you were going to say Tampa Bay West, but I knew where you were Tampa going Bay, where it's, but it's very confusing. Yeah, so like where like not only is it very confusing, I don't think we're going to get clarity into the season. Like I think I think you're gonna, right. I, I think, think unless right. there's a rash of injuries where now they only have one guy. Yep. Um or one guy is clearly far and away the best and is the only one that hasn't imploded. Like I think they're just going to rotate this job and so therefore you should not be invested into this bullpen highly like you want to take some shots in dcs or something like that fine but like if you're looking for a lockdown closer or two you're not going to find it in the seattle bullpen no it really doesn't look the only thing i could see or not the only thing but one thing i could see is if giles came back and he was just unbelievable and ran away mm-hmm. with it but I'm not drafting him to like bet on that. I, I might have a shit. Like he's 287. Like that's cheap enough on a guy who could get a full roll that I would take a shot. But I'm not going to stock up on a bunch of Giles only to have him, you know, be terrible or or, or not pitching the seventh inning for the most part. And then I got all these Giles shares that are worthless. So mm-hmm. I say you either spread out or avoid it altogether. Uh, um, I would just avoid. Just like don't like spend a little bit more and get into a situation you feel is a little bit safer. I yeah. just I just don't see where one person's going to emerge from this group. Speaking of closers, we're sticking closers again here and honestly I could have gone a list of all uh closers for the for the fall down guys. There's another one, two, three guys that are down at least two rounds that I could have gone to, but I didn't want to just make it a full closer talk, but Dylan Floro is our next guy. He's down 34 picks about two rounds, just over two rounds to pick 262. This is another one, even more so than the Giles one. Cause the Giles one, I was kind of like more surprised based on what I thought the perception of the community was. This one is more, um, I'm the complete opposite way. I'm actually moving Floro up. I'm starting to gain some confidence that he's the guy and the market saying no, which is great when you're buying because you're getting the discount. Why wouldn't they go to him? Um, you know, Craig Mish, and this was mentioned by uh, by Greg Jewett on the Sunday pod when we talked about the Miami situation. I haven't finished that yet. Um, so Craig Mish says that he believes they're going to bring in an established Kenley. veteran guy. That's my um, biggest concern is Kenley, but that's my only concern. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't necessarily mention uh, Kenley, but maybe like an Alex Colomay um, or a guy like Ian Kennedy, um, someone like that, uh, especially one that is easily then flipped for more yeah. prospects that continue to further the rebuild. And that makes That's sense. That um, I don't know why they couldn't just do that with, with Floro. Floro. So um, I've drafted Floro on a few occasions uh, as like my you know closer three. Yeah, um, because I do think if they don't bring someone in, if they if they're unwilling to bring someone in, or they they don't find someone they want to bring in, uh, I think uh, Boxberger was the other guy he mentioned um, that he will likely start with a job. The way the team is currently constructed, I think he will. So um, I hope that's the case because I think he can be pretty good in the role, uh, and I think Miami is just going to get better and better and be more, and more competitive. So uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think you want him as your closer two. No, 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 uh, no. But as, four, yeah, sure. as, at this discount, yeah, I'm going to take the gamble 
you know, and, and hope that maybe I strike gold at a, you know, position in fantasy that is difficult to strike gold on. Exactly. And again, I do have some concerns about Kenley going there. I think he actually is a really good fit. You mentioned those other guys too, which I take when Craig Mish speaks about the Marlins, I listen. So I, I'm not Absolutely. saying that those guys aren't viable options too. They obviously are. And he would have inside knowledge that they're even being discussed in the Marlins front office. I really hope that they don't usurp floral for one of those jokers though he was awesome i wrote him up in the forecaster and that's why uh, i started to take a little bit more notice because i kind of thought eh same old same old let me get back on my anthony bender train and i realized that that was an error i was making because i was i was letting that bender bias that i had remember when that when that job was open mm -hmm. and i was bender 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 and honestly so was mish so i felt i felt validated that uh the sharpest marlins guy was there too so we missed that one together uh but i was like okay maybe just put that bias off to the side and, and investigate Floro, uh, you know, independent of that. And Brent Hershey, my editor was like, you got to look a little bit deeper here. There's, there's more to this than I think you're letting on. So I looked and he was dead on. I mean, the second half was just unreal. 240 ERA and 1.0 whip fueled by a huge strikeout jump. He had a 29% K rate in the second half up from 18%. Uh, and there was a big swinging strike rate change with that from 9% to 13%. The velo was up about a half mile per hour, which is not huge, but it was also up. There were a lot of factors that were leading to these extra strikeouts for four. So it wasn't just some fluky hot run. I think he had changed and he's already a ground ball guy too, which we always love so that uh, home runs don't become an issue. I think if they don't go get one of these joke sticks, um, I think they should let him have the job. If they bring in Kenley, obviously you let one of the best closers in the universe take the job. I'm fine with that. But otherwise, just stick with Floro here. I'm willing to take the gamble at 262 because even if he doesn't close, if they do bring in Kenley, it sucks, but it's not a it's not. Yeah. Uh, uh, killing my season because middle relievers who put up good ratios can still have value in draft and holds when you're just looking for a few innings and you don't want to start, you know, your, your ninth best starter. And, and in a redraft, Dodgers. you know, in a redraft fab league, you can just drop him and move on to the next. Exactly. You just cut and move. And yeah. in, a, in a draft, you'll know, and hold, pre you'll know pretty quickly. You'll be able to pick him up and you know, do one in fab a uh, new guy to speculate on. Um, before the start of the season. So exactly. I think it, I think it's a fine gamble in any format. Um, Zach in the chat's asking us what we think about Brad Hand. Uh, Brad Hand could be one of those guys that's in oh, way yeah, He should be in that like group Miami. that you're talking I, about. Yeah, I assume that Brad Hand will get a an opportunity to compete for a closing job somewhere. Um, I think you're dead on. You know, He's got uh, that capital C closer tag and – you know, I know some people we 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 roll our eyes at that, but with with hand specifically, uh, I still think he's very good. I know his his Toronto stint was awful, uh, but it was eight and two thirds, and then he immediately went the other way in thirteen and a third with 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 the Mets. So it was an up and down season for him, but the bottom line was still pretty solid. He's thirty two years old. Um, he was great in the in the partial season of twenty twenty. He led baseball with sixteen saves. His skills were off the charts, but again. 22 innings um i think it can be perfectly serviceable and if miami got him i think that'd be better than some of those other guys you mentioned too i would actually put him higher than like an ian kennedy i just worry about ian kennedy's home runs although teams are still letting him close so we'll see and he's Four been very effective he has closer, he he, so he, I mean. he really has i got i gotta give him his due although when he went to 
Philly, they became a big problem. He, he jumped up to a 2.6 homer nine, and that's exactly the concern that I have. So keep an eye on the Floro situation in Miami. Keep an eye on their whole situation once the lockout is done because they could go get somebody. But at 262, he can't hurt you as a closer three, closer four spec, even if he doesn't get the job. Mm-hmm. Luis Severino's down almost two rounds, 27 picks to 180. This is really just a check-in with you. Where are you at with Luis Severino? Is he somebody you're drafting? Are you buying this discount? We know the talent. It's obviously off the charts, but he's also been off the field for essentially, what, three years now? He pitched 12 innings in 2019, didn't pitch 2020, six innings last year. The last time we saw him was 2018. He's still only 28 with gobs of talent. He was back throwing 95, getting a bunch of strikeouts in his six innings of work last year. Is that enough to bring you back in on Severino? I think he's worth a gamble, especially if the price continues to drop. Uh, that moves him down to 180, by the way. So he's still inside the top 200. It's not cheap, but it's also not expensive. It's in that mid-range. So is that a fair price for you at 180? I think so. I don't think that's a bad price. I mean, I prefer him outside the top 200, and it kind of depends on how I've structured my rotation kind of up until that point. If I yeah. feel... Like, I've got a really locked in, solid, you know, first starting four or five pitchers. Um, yeah, I'm going to feel a lot better about, like, taking a gamble on Severino. Um, I also think that he's probably a better gamble in a fab league than a drafted hole. Just Agreed. because if he gets hurt, if he sucks, you can then just cut bait, right? You cut bait, move on to the next guy, whereas you're stuck with that on your roster in a drafted hole. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've always loved Severino. Severino. I've always been a Severino guy. He's like quite literally like never been bad. Um, like he's just been good his entire career. I feel like, uh, he gets shafted, uh, in terms of discussing, uh, kind of elite pitchers or guys who are, are very, very good pitchers. Um, and I, like, I don't understand why the community as a whole is so excited about Justin Verlander. And yet, like, completely ignoring a guy like Luis Severino. Um, now, that being said, like, that doesn't mean I think he's, like, a top 40 pitcher this year or anything like yeah, that. But um, I think that he has just as much of an opportunity, if not more, to rebound in a huge way than, like, a guy like Verlander because Verlander's older. Get he decade younger. I mean, yeah, Severino he, is. He, you know, he didn't pitch at all last year. At least we saw, like, you know, five or six. Ver- really Verlander didn't good. pitch at all last year. Yes, yeah, Verlander did. Yeah, we saw five or six really good innings from Severino. Um, and he finished the year healthy on the mound. No reason to think he's, you know, not going to be ready to go to start the year. So, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, – I think the diff- the disparity in ADP between Verlander and Severino is a crime. Is it a crime? I mean, it is. It absolutely is a crime. Char, we have Char no disagrees. idea. Yeah, well, Char's a homer like you are. What? She doesn't even like the Tigers. She's the, she's like one of those annoying kids. He's that in Houston. Against. He's in Houston now. She, she's like an Houston. Astros Actually, she fan. Lo- she is a huge Astros fan. Yeah, she loves see? cheating. She's like, uh, any way possible. That's uh-huh. her motto. Yep. Just just get the W. Exactly. Yeah, just Char get the, Char's like, just get the dub. Just get the food. At any cost, she's reaching out to steal like a burrito out of my mm-hmm. hand yep. at all costs. Um, you're probably right, though. I, I like Verlander. I'm in. 
Uh, I'm not in at 110, which is where his January ADP is. And so that's only going to gonna go up and up. down. I, so, you know, I ranked him high, right? I, I, I've already said I cut out the middleman. I'm, I'm treating him as though he's ready to go. So then you say, well, why aren't you picking at 110? I was like, well, I want, I'm selfish. I wanted the discount. Uh, truth of it is, I, I probably would still pay pick 110 at, on the I right can. build. Um, it's, it's expensive, though. It really is. I already got my Verlander shares. I'm done until we see something in spring. I took my gambles at a discounted price. Now he's at a point at 110 where he has to perform. And do I really want to bet, even though he's my favorite pitcher ever, on somebody who's going to be age 39 coming off TJ with a with a pick just outside the top 100? No. You're right, though. Severino being that much cheaper. If you want to take a gamble, why wouldn't you just take Severino? Like if you yeah. look, if you line up Verlander, Thor, Severino, why wouldn't you just take the cheapest one? Can you really separate them that much on their likelihood of returning? Well, and I don't know, throw, think so. Throw Clevenger in that mix as yeah. well. Throw Club Dog in there too. But two of those four pitched last year, and two of those four did not. And so if I'm yep. going to take a dart, I'm going to take the dart on the guy that we've seen finish the season on the mound. You know uh, how I feel about that too. And that's Severino and that's Syndergaard. I feel a yep. little bit more comfortable about Severino because Syndergaard did have like an arm related, an elbow related setback. Uh, you know, during his rehab, but he did. He finished. He finished two innings on the mound, and the season, that's good. Uh, but Severino, if if I'm gonna draft any of these guys, it's gonna be Severino. I've yet to draft any of them though. So, completely five drafts in right now, I have not taken any of them in a draft. But I would be surprised if I didn't end up with Wait, Severino how, at some. How point. many leagues are you supposed to play this year? Fifteen. Oh, okay. Okay, but you already have five. Well, it depends on which which uh, which bet or you know uh, discussion. I know you have two. Right? You have the divorce pending and then yes. the Rob Silver. So bet. the Rob Silver one is seventeen. So the, the over under that he set was seventeen and a half, um, and the uh, the loser has to buy the other one dinner at a nice restaurant. Um, I like that. When next time we meet up, whether that's in uh, Vegas for like an NFBC thing or in uh, in Arizona. I'm going to win that because the other one is 15 with my wife who says she will divorce me if uh, if I, I think, plan I more. I still think you're going to do 16. You're going to get divorced and then celebrate your divorce with the meal with Rob. I, I currently have like a spreadsheet with 15 leagues. I've had to cut some leagues I really like too, uh, which is a huge bummer. Um, you, you but, didn't get you didn't negotiate at all for anything with regards to like fab and whatever like kind of you, you can bump the number up if it's not fab based it's just a hard 15 that you're on right yeah. now well i mean let let's clarify i did not negotiate anything or agree to anything with my wife this is being imposed on me that's fair that's fair to suggest this was a negotiation yeah. is, is wildly I, understating i it. negotiated with rob i did not negotiate my wife is just a one-upper, and she goes, oh, yeah, Rob says 17. I say 15, and we're getting a divorce. Like, I think she just wants a divorce. And she's, she's like, there's no way. There's no way he's not going to play in, you know, this many leagues. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer, but I'm, I'm probably going to only play in 15 just so I can win both bets. I mean, I, I you're you're nothing if not, uh, if not a sharp better, so I'm not – I'm not surprised. You know, I don't like to lose. Like, I don't. Like, I know. And, um, Same. And so, like. I'm very anti-losing. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, there is the temptation, though, to do 16 and then just see what happens. But we'll see. I think. 
I think you should sign up for a league, League 16, while you're at dinner with Rob. The fun part of this whole thing is that every time someone, because I get I get league offers like, hey, you want to join this league? Hey, you want to join this? Mm-hmm. Especially for people in the industry. And now I can blame it on my wife and then send them her way. She's already signed up for like three leagues. Make um, her deal with it. That's yeah. genius. Sorry, I can't. She said no. Go, go talk yeah. to her. Yeah, no. But Danielle might take a league, you know? So uh, that that's, you know, it's beautiful because now she's like, oh, I have too many drafts. I'm like, oh, welcome to my house. Welcome to Justin's world. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, I, 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 okay. I think your your desire to not lose will trump yeah. your your weakness for saying yes to leagues but i'm still eager to see how it goes man plus just, i mean i don't know like rob i think rob like you know he he's a man of expensive tastes right like oh yeah i've sat oh you yeah know, with him uh you know at fpaz uh one time with him and like matt modica and they were sharing like a, a bottle of uh johnny uh walker blue like, I'm just, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, those guys. You know, so like know I don't know do that it. I can afford to lose that bet with Rob. I can maybe afford to lose the one with Danielle because Wait, half so of my net af- worth, half my net worth is probably less worth than, less what than Danielle. Danielle. <laughs> it would be with Rob. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely can't afford to lose that bet with Rob. So I'm not going to. That's so funny. Well, I'm I'm eager to see how it goes. I. I I think you got a good shot, but I'm not saying it's a lock. I'm not going to say it's a lock until I think we it's get... pretty much a lock because, like, right of course now you do. you're confident in yourself. Well, because my my biggest issue is drafting when I'm bored, and as long as I can True. get through to the end of this month, that's all thing, my though. drafts are going to say as long up. as I can get through. I only have still like, in today, agonizing the 21st, 10 days. 10 I know, days. That's it. I know you though, Justin, and your desire to draft. The FPAS draft is almost over, baby. Then my, what do you got going on? My wife is standing at the door of my office flipping me off right now. You have two of your last four picks coming up here after we talk about our last guy mm-hmm. in FPAS. That one's about to be over. And you might start Jones in. Let's talk uh, Adelise Garcia real quick. Let's finish yes. up with him. He's down 20 picks to 169. I think it's the market just uh, sharpening up a little bit. I I was actually surprised by his initial ADP. I was like, yeah, this is a, I'm I'm out. Like I'm I'm easy out on him. Um, I'm, there's a price, right? There's always a price, but it's not what he was going at. I don't know that it's even the 169 that he's at right now. Uh, for Adelise Garcia, you know, we're gonna go over it, but it's pretty cookie cutter. Everyone kind of knows the deal with him. Blazing hot start that. You don't even have to be some stats wizard to kind of look under the hood and and see that it was it was all uh, it was all going to come crashing down in a big way with regards to his ability to make contact or severe and utter lack thereof and and doesn't take any walks so he's one of those guys that's going to be up and down up and down we saw the high highs early and we saw the low lows in the second half he did still finish with a 31 homer 16 steal season with 90 ribbies and 77 runs 243 average let's give him his due for what was an amazing season anybody who got him even if you ate all of it and you, you waited all the way till the end there with the with the bad stuff at the end you love what you got out of adelise garcia but now you have to pay for him. pick 169 Age 28 breakout out of nowhere with flimsy skills. You buying this at all with Adelise Garcia? Would you pay the 169? Do you like the discount? Yeah, I don't think I could pay the 169, but I buy who he is. 
he's a guy with power. He's a guy with speed, and he's a guy who's going to swing and miss a hell of a lot. Um, and I mean, <laughs> he, you he know, you, you said like that he had a hot start. He didn't really have a hot start. He had a hot May. He had eleven home runs and hit like three twelve, like in the yeah. month of May. He, you know, the rest of the season, he does not have a month where he hits over two forty two. And he does not have a, a month where he has more than six home runs. So I Just think he's, I think that May is the aberration, and the rest is who he is, which means he could hit somewhere between 210 and 240 with power and speed. So we're talking about, you know, a guy who is potentially like a 25 15 guy mm-hmm. with like a 210, 220 batting average. Like okay. that has a lot of value, and he's playing on a team in Texas that doesn't really have a ton of options. No, no, he, he should get some playing time. Like I think he did enough last year, uh, where Adelise Garcia uh, should get some leeway to at least see what's up. Now, if he comes out hitting buck eighty into in, May fifteenth, I think he starts losing time, even if it's to like Eli White or some rando. I don't even know if he's still on the team, but even to somebody like that, if he's struggling, but coming into the year, I don't know how they can't at least give Adelise Garcia something of an opportunity to be like, Hey, you were great last year. Let's, let's see where you're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You I, overperformed I mean, out of no, when I say great, I mean, relative to expectations, there was zero expectation on Adelise Garcia and he, mm-hmm. he gave them a league average season for the full year, which is nice for a rebuilding team to have a set it and forget it spot out of nowhere the way he was. And I, I mean, I think here's the thing, like, do I want to pay this price? I don't, I don't want to pay this price. Um, and so if he continues to drop, I'll be fine with that. Uh, but if we're talking about in a league where um, I'm not worried about, like I can punt batting average. So a non overall league, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, Justin doesn't talk about, uh, cause I got this comment the other day. Justin doesn't talk about punting batting average anymore. That's because I play a lot more NFBC and those are overall leagues. You exactly. Can't punt batting average. Um, but if you, in a regular non-overall league, I'm totally down to continue to punt batting average. He's like the perfect guy because he's going to fill up the other four stack categories. For you. He, he really is. Adelise Garcia is a great punt batting average play <laughs> because of his raw power and speed, both of which are, are bloody red on his uh, player profile. I should also mention for the playing time piece, the defense was well-rated too. 97th percentile in outs above average, 88th percentile in outfielder jump, 83rd percentile in sprint. In a very big outfield in Texas where, where they, they need want defense. Good, yeah, they want good defense. You know, they've already got crappy pinch hit pitching. You don't want the, the pitching that ends up being decent to be let down by bad defense. Like, I think Adolis Garcia is going to play a lot. If you can if you can handle a 210 batting average, you know, in 550, 600 plate appearances, uh, then, yeah, you can roster him fine, Um, you know, but you have to have either the ability to raise out with that batting average with other players or be willing to just punt it and go for everything else. I'm glad the market is coming down on him. When he was a top 40 outfielder, I was just like, yo, I know he went 30, uh, what was it, 30-15 last year, Mm 30-16. But come on, we got to look a couple steps deeper and see the issues here. Now he's down to outfielder 46, still higher than I have him ranked, but it's not egregious when I see him going around the likes of Joey Gal, who also has a batting average issue. He's mm-hmm. more power, less speed, but they're kind of similar. Uh, Robbie Grossman, Ian Happ, Ian Happ, and Adelise Garcia. I mean, we, we might, uh, you know, 
They're, they're, they've got some similarities. Ian Happ can take a walk, though. That's the big difference. Yeah, He's got the same swing and miss issues, but he can, can stay getting on base with those walks, which helps with the SB opportunities. So I'm more open to Adelise Garcia at this price, but it's not ready. Not not yet at a spot where I'm comfortable. Uh, I hear you on the standard leagues, though, the, the standalones where you can punt batting average. He's a brilliant play for Adelise Garcia. And I mean, you know, like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm saying all these nice things and, you know, reasons why you can draft Adelise Garcia. I have him as my number 57 outfielder. So like That's, I'm, I'm below the market still. Yeah. But and I think they're, 68. We're, I think we're very that, low. Yeah. I think there are people who are burying him and I don't think that's fair. Yeah. I, I mean, don't just ignore uh, skills that that, mm-hmm. that he does have and the playing time that he should be getting. I know he's 29, but I mentioned the defense because I think that's going to help him stay on the field unless he just craters completely. So uh, even if, if he, he keep... does, though, like who are they going to put out there? Like they. Well, like... okay. I mean, it depends what what we're talking about here, and I don't want to get too bogged down in a hypothetical. But again, I'm saying if he's hitting below 200 on May 15th, he's going to start losing playing time. 100%. Yeah, I mean, I guess they do still have Leonardo Tavares. Yeah, uh, you know who again? Eli White, I think Eli would, White, would start yeah. playing more. Like the the Rando from AAA is going to get to start playing if Rando if from AAA is hitting, hitting 386. If he's hitting his ADP. Um, exactly, then, exactly. Leone is a good name too, and I know he's struggled, mm-hmm. but I'm still in on him. So Leone finished and Eli out the White, year well in AAA, though. He did, so. he did. I'm not quitting Leone. He's still yeah. a great draft and hold uh, pick, for, as far as I'm concerned, too. So yep. yeah. At least, if he keeps dropping, then he really comes into focus. But at least he's dropping a little bit, makes him a little bit more palatable for me right now. Uh, but there, there they are. There's some big movers and shakers comparing October through December ADP versus just January. And obviously, we're going to see even bigger moves. We'll probably do a January versus February uh, in about a month's time to see what's going on there. And hopefully, the lockout ends and moves start to happen. And then we see even more things change. But uh, it's going to be February before we know it, Justin, and the season will be going. I want to thank everyone for hanging out, watching us. We're going to be doing these regularly. If you support the Patreon, you'll get all of them. The wide open ones to anybody will be kind of every once in a while type deal. Um, But Justin, thank you for setting all this up. It was great talking with you. Hope you have a great weekend. Uh, Take it easy.